0: Hey there, Annie and Julie here. We just wanted to pop in real quick before we dive into this episode and announce our new show name. We're excited to announce that we're rebranding the Investing for Good podcast as... The Life and Money Show. Now, this new name reflects the broad focus of our episodes and guests thus far and allows us to tell even more stories about living a meaningful and intentional life by design while also making an impact. We're extremely grateful for your support and listenership as we've grown this podcast and are excited to begin this new chapter so we can bring you even more valuable stories and insights. With that, let's dive into the episode being
1: persistent is really the key to all of this, right? Because even if you don't have a lot of information, you're not an expert yet, you couldn't, be, you can become one if you're passionate about it and you make it into a business.
0: You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with my fabulous co-host, Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I am doing fantastic.
2: I am into this like juicing thing, as you know we are. (laughs) I am, because we just came off of Life Mastery with Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins and Spent four days with him and his team uh, just talking about, you know, how to live your best life, but really talking about health and wellness and mindfulness and all of that good stuff and did the cleanse along with everybody else in the group. And it was my first cleanse. I've always wanted to do it. I did a cleanse like years ago and got so sick and I never did one again. But I realize now that there's a whole slew of things you have to do leading up to the cleanse and then things you have to do after the cleanse. Like I think, and at that time I was eating horribly and not taking care of myself like before kids and all that. And I think my body was just like, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> like now we're just going <laughs> to dump all the bad stuff. I got headaches. I got a cold, like the whole nine. It was terrible, but I did it this time and I've just been so into it and I've been juicing every day ever since I've now back into eating regular foods again. Today actually was the first day, but yeah, it's been so good. My fridge down. Stairs, I have two fridges, but one of them is just like stock full with all this like green stuff. It's like a you know whole nice. buffet of like green. So Dallas yeah.
0: yeah. got a little juicer. What do you juice? And is it like do you juice different things every day, or is it you have your sort of go-to juice? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So Tony says, so he, I copied down what Tony does because okay. if I want to be like successful right? Tony, you gotta do what of course. Tony does, right? Of course. So he drinks a green juice before every meal, he just calls it a green juice. Well, when you Google green juice, oh all different kinds of recipes oh, yeah. come up. All kinds. It's like kale. There's and lots cucumber. of green things out there. Right. <laughs> hey, yeah. It could be anything like romaine and spinach. And so it doesn't even really matter, but I've, mine is kind of like celery, mostly celery and like spinach and cucumber and then like some parsley. And I drink three of those before my meals every day. And then I've been doing wheatgrass shots and then drinking the Udo oil that he also said that he does too. And I just feel so clear headed. And I just feel so alive. And I guess it's because you're putting all these nutrients in your body. You just, that's what it does. It like perks you up as well. But, but yeah, I've been juicing all kinds of stuff. I did fresh carrot juice this morning for the kids and there's a ton of sugar in carrot juice and, and the kids were like bouncing off the walls. I'm like, what is going on? And then I Googled it. I'm like sugar, carrot juice, just out of curiosity. And there it said like lots of sugar in carrot juice. So anyway, but yeah, they loved it. And uh, yeah, it's been like a fun little
0: thing I got into. Oh, fun. Yeah. I got to yeah. ask the celery juice. Oh wait. So what do you put in a celery, spinach, parsley, and cucumber, parsley. Cucumber. Yeah. Okay. Does it, I'm just curious. It, is it drinkable? Is it like, oh, you're yeah. like, okay, I, I got to hold my nose and drink it. Or is it like, it's pretty tasty and refreshing. Yeah. So the weird thing is like when you
2: first do it or drink it, you're like, oh, it's, it's pretty uh, like shocking to your system because it's not what you're used to, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after, as the days go by, you actually start to enjoy it. And then by now mm-hmm. I'm on my fifth day, I think, or my sixth day, I think it's my fifth day. And at this day, you start to actually crave it. And, and you want that, like, that sweet, like, nutrient, nutrient-dense, like, cup of juice. It just becomes, like, a thing that you actually crave. And then juicers talk about this. They say, like, as time goes on, you'll actually really develop a taste for it and really want that flavor of, like, vegetables and stuff, so... <laughs>
0: Fascinating. Yeah, it. fascinating. I'll have to yeah. give that a try. I've definitely had things where I didn't initially like it. But when as you push through, then you get to the the phase where you really yeah. crave it and you love it. Well, I love that because that is such health and vitality is such an important part of life by design, which is something that we always preach. And we're always trying to help people to create. Yeah. And our guest today is Debbie Arcangelis. She's the host of the Offbeat Life podcast. And there's Mm -hmm. no better person to talk about creating a life by design than with Debbie because she did it. She was working this job that she didn't love. And instead of just hunkering down and doing that for 40, 50 years, she decided to make a change, but not all of a sudden, she sort of tried some things. She tried Mm -hmm. some things, some things didn't work. And then she hit on this podcast, which she was super passionate about, traveling and entrepreneurship. And she approached it from this intent of just really being curious and sharing stories and learning from people. And the podcast has really blossomed. And she has been able to now quit her job and do the podcast full time. She's become location independent, which is one Mm -hmm. of the, the five freedoms, you know we always talk about financial freedom on this podcast. Yeah. But there's actually five freedoms. There's financial freedom, there's time freedom, there's geographical or location freedom, there's freedom to impact, and there's freedom of relationships. And so I love that she talked about location independence and digital, being a digital nomad and w- what that experience is like and why she's chosen to be location independent rather than nomadic and the impact that that's had on her life, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was
2: totally so fun to kind of tap her mind about, you know, what it what it takes to get to the point where she's at. It's obviously, as she reiterated in the show, it's not something that just, you know, happens. It's not like you just decide and, and then like tomorrow, you know, you're doing what she's doing. It took a lot of time. And, you know, one of the tips that she gave was, you know, make sure that you have a plan that's sustainable. Because if you just like one day decide you're going to quit your job, you'll likely have to call your boss in like a couple of weeks and be like, hey, this isn't working out as I thought it was going to, you know, so making sure that you have something in place that, you know, can take you for, you know, six months, a year, two years. And of course, some uncertainties as she talked about, you know, she, when she first got into this business, she didn't know that she was going to have the podcast and all these other things that became profitable. So some of it is risk-taking, but some, you know, obviously some of it is having a plan too. But one of the things that she talked about, I thought was such a point when it comes to thinking about starting your own business. And she said that you have to find the balance between something that you're passionate about and also thinking about it as a business. And I think all too often when people start off, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are usually one or the other, as we talked about in the show. And I think that's such a great point, because if you're too passionate, you're not thinking about the bottom line and how you're going to make money, you're going to be calling your boss in, in two weeks and saying, Hey, this didn't work out. And if you're only thinking about the money side of it, like she talked about, you know, when things get tough, you're not going to have what it takes to stick with it because you're not passionate about it and you don't love it. So I think that was such a good point. But I feel like just overall throughout the show, we talked a lot about entrepreneurship and what it means to be an entrepreneur. It's funny. She brought up that one point, which I was giggling about. She said that it's what was the word that she said where you're, you're kind of like, you know, what was the word? Darn it. Now it's escaping me when you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of crazy, right? Because you're like one minute, you're like, you know, super happy oh, yeah, bipolar. And- <laughs> Bipolar, thank you. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, you know, because like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, as we run our business, like we'll have a big win. And it's like super exciting as an entrepreneur. You know, you're like, this is everything that we work so hard for. And then when like things go bad or things don't go the way you want, you get kind of down in the dumps about it, you know. <laughs> and this is the life of, of an entrepreneur, but it's so funny. But yeah, we spent a lot of time just talking about um not only you know location independent stuff and travel freedoms, but you know, you know, be, building a business and what it actually takes to, to be able to do that. So uh, yeah, great show.
0: Building a business can be such a life changer and can be so great for helping you take your passions to the next level and leave a job that you may not love. But for all of our listeners who are out there, you know, and you listen to this show and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to start a podcast too. Great. Debbie is going to give you a ton of great resources to really get you started on that path. For all of you who listen to this podcast and you're like, whoa. No, I want to be location independent. I maybe want to be financially free, but I do not want to do the side hustle thing. I don't want to start a podcast. I love my job. I want to keep working my job, but I want to be location independent. Well, another great option for you is to invest passively in real estate, which of course is what we specialize in. So if you're new to that space, be sure to grab a free copy of our book, Investing for Good. We'll send you a free hardcover copy. Just cover the shipping costs for us. Just go to goodegginvestmentscom slash book, and you'll get all the details on how to get your free copy. Now, before we dive into the episode, uh, we did want to highlight a recent listener review. This comes from our good friend, AAA Adam Adams, uh, fellow real estate investor and syndicator and previous uh, guest on our mm-hmm. show. And so Adam says, five stars for sure. He says, I like how Down to earth and authentic, Julie and Annie are on their episodes. It really makes it feel like we are part of their world as we learn and grow from them and their guests. And we truly, from the bottom of our hearts, we hope that that comes through on every single episode. We really just want to invite you into our world, into our living rooms as if you're a fly on the wall in these conversations. So I'm glad that that is coming across. All right. Now with that, here we go. Let's jump into our conversation with Debbie Arcangelis.
1: Debbie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much, Annie and
0: Julie, for having me here. I'm so excited to speak with the both of you. We are thrilled to have you here. Now, Debbie, you are a remote entrepreneur and host of the Offbeat Life podcast, where you interview people who are location independent and digital nomads, all things that Julie and I love (laughs) and aspire to. So start by telling us how you got started on this path in the first place. And what led you to pursue a remote entrepreneur lifestyle?
1: Absolutely. So when I started my podcast, it was really from a need, right? Because I knew I was at a day job that I think a lot of people may feel this way. It wasn't something that I hated, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And as an Asian American, you know, I was born in the Philippines, but I came here, I was always told that you go to school, you get a job, you retire, and that's when you become happy. And that just didn't stick with me. It wasn't something that I knew I wanted with my life. And I was never the nine to five job, even the jobs that I chose wasn't that so around the sixth or seventh year of this day job that I had, I finally had it, I was literally having panic attacks, every four months, and I couldn't do it anymore. Oh and what were you
0: doing at the time?
1: I was a therapist, job. right? So this was The thing, it wasn't a panic about the job itself because, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned, it wasn't anything that was bad about it. I had great co workers, the people I was working with was great, they treated me amazing, but it was just not something I was passionate about. And that was really the thing that was the catalyst for my change. So I was a traveler. I traveled a lot. I was a documentary photographer for a long time before I did this job. And I wanted to do something more creative. And I was introduced to podcasting at the time from my boyfriend, who is now my fiance. And I listened to podcasting about entrepreneurship. And then it hit me. I'm like, I don't want to do this job. Like, I want to be able (laughs) to work remotely. Um, And when I was traveling, I met so many digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs. And I was like, why don't I interview those people? Because those are the people that I want to be, right? And I was at a job where I literally looked at my supervisors, the people that were above me, and I was saying to myself, this is not what I want. So if that's not what I want, why am I here? So the podcast really started from a need for me. And then it started to snowball from there. Because then I realized so many other people actually wanted to do the same thing. Um, And within six months, I got my first brand sponsorships. And then within a year and a half of starting my show, I was actually able to leave that nine to five to do this full time. So the podcast, I say this so many times to people, but it has literally changed my life. And I didn't even know how big of a change it actually became until it came into fruition. And it was just from passion. And then it turned into a business.
0: So for, for all those who are listening, who are like a digital nomad, what, what is that? <laughs> Tell us a little bit more. What were you seeing that these people were doing when you were traveling and you met them? What is a digital entrepreneur or a digital nomad? Yeah. So a digital nomad is somebody who is able
1: to travel the world, create income, make this life sustainable without having to just take two weeks off out of the year to enjoy their life or to travel. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was really. <laughs> really doing before was just, you know, everyone else in the United States, and I'm sure around the world, we take time off, then we can enjoy our life and then come back and then always wishing for go, you know, like to those (laughs) faraway places. So when I was traveling before, I met so many of these people. And I was like, I don't want to do this as something as just a vacation, I want to make this into a lifestyle. And that's really what digital nomadism is and being location independent is, is being able to have this lifestyle and make it really more sustainable.
0: Are you seeing that there are more and more digital nomads these days is it almost seems like a movement. Absolutely, it has,
1: because now so many people are going for remote work, you know, you have no choice because of COVID, every almost every single company had to go into that direction, because they had no choice, you know, we were forced to stay at home. And before companies didn't want you to do that. And now they had no choice, right. And I also think that it allowed people to really see what this life is about, because I also don't think this is for everyone. And I think a lot of people think it is. And it's just us great all the time. And then you realize you still need to have a balance and strategy when you're working from home. And you both know what it's like. And it's not as easy, especially if you have a family, you have children, like it's not hunky dory as everyone thinks it is.
0: Yeah, well, tell us a little bit more about that. So like, I think everybody who's probably listening, they're like, Oh, my gosh, you get to work from home, you get to travel anywhere you want. And you're not you just need laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. Oh my gosh, that's the dream. That is what success looks like. But tell us about the day-to-day. What does that actually look like day-to-day? What are some of the the good things and then also some of the struggles and the challenges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the main thing that I learned when I actually did do this was that being a digital nomad wasn't something that I wanted to do after I actually started it because it did take a lot of effort and energy to be able to do this. That's why I actually call myself location independent rather than a digital nomad, um, because it does take a lot of energy and time to be able to travel all the time and the digital nomads that I knew. And when I did try to do it, it was really exhausting. And believe me, there's a lot of people who are able to do it and do it sustainably. And they just really love that, you know, like going from one place to the next. I have friends that do it. And I don't know how on earth they do it. Um, But I learned it takes a lot of effort, right? It needs a lot of planning, especially if you want to be able to work at the same time, because remember, it's not just about you traveling, you have to also sit down, you have to make sure you're getting your work done, um, and really focused. So for me, it was having a home base and be able to travel when I want to not because I had to or because I had to go around, you know, I'm only here for a month, and then I have to move myself again. So there's a distinction definitely between the two being a digital nomad who's constantly traveling and someone who has a home base, but they can still work from anywhere and they choose where they live. So my biggest thing was just learning the differences between the two and really finding what was my balance and what I felt very comfortable with. And also understanding that there is a a limit for myself as well. And you think that once you leave your nine to five, You don't need to have schedules. You do. Otherwise, you'll just be on your couch all day and doing nothing. So that's the biggest lesson I learned.
2: <laughs> I think I the great that. thing about what you get to do is that, you know, you really get you just have so many options, you know, you can decide to travel if you want to travel, you can stay a month or you can stay three months, you can stay six months, like there isn't just like, you know, the rules of like, you know, traditional day to day life when you work a regular W2, where you only have a small two week window every year, if you're lucky you get a month, you know, to deal with and figure out, okay, how am I going to use this time every year? And I think that's one of the, it's a challenge because there's so many freedoms, but in that is the stuff that I love, which is that that's the place that you really get to go to design your life, you know, as you want it to be. But yeah, I, I'm excited because I'm about to venture off this year myself. I have three kids um, and we're going to become location independent folks as well. So we'll have our home base here in San Francisco and we're going to go off and travel the world as far as we can with everything that's going on. But talk about the challenges. I started planning this like last year (laughs) and I can't believe it's only three months away or four months away as of we're recording now, but so much goes into it as you were saying, you know, it's and especially once you have children as well, there's a lot of considerations when it comes to how are we going to educate them? What is the day going to look like and all of these things. And so even, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, when, when you have even more freedoms without kids, how, you know, now it's, you have so much more time to deal with in your day, which like you said, can get lost and you can end up on your couch if you're not careful. (laughs) So I love, I love all of that. I'm curious, you know, if anybody out there is like, gosh, this, this sounds really great. I want to be location independent. I want to you know learn about this and I want to learn how to, how to travel around and whatnot. What types of industries are out there? Like, what kind of jobs are out there that people do remotely? Like, what are some ideas? And how might somebody learn about this if they're currently in in a W-2 job and they're like, this sounds really great, but it sounds like just a dream. What are kind of like the initial things that they might have to, considerations that
1: they might have to think about to make that leap? Absolutely. So the first thing is, I would say, unless you have a lot of savings already, don't jump into this without any plans because <laughs> no? I've seen it <laughs> happen. <not> <laughs> (laughs) I've seen it happen so many times. And for some people, it has worked. But I think if you just leave your job, go into this, you have no savings, you have no plans, what's going to happen is you're going to have to go back to that day job, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not the worst thing. But if this is something that you want to do sustainably, you want to make sure that you're planning for this lifestyle. Because again, Mm -hmm. this is a huge milestone and change for your life. And that needs a little bit of work. The second thing is, I would say to really try to do either a side hustle on the side or start applying for remote work before you even leave, maybe a year before to really see if this is something that's right for you. And I think that's so much more easier right now because there's so many people or so many companies that are hiring for remote work, right? And Mm -hmm. work that you didn't even think could be remote had to become remote. And it's still that way, even though things are opening up, there's certain companies that actually decided, not to do it in person or limiting that. So try it out first before you even go into it, because it could be something you thought you wanted, and then you tried it out and it's completely different and you don't want to do it anymore. And the third is learn as many skills as you can, because that could really take you in a lot of different avenues. Really try to figure out what speaks to you, what you enjoy, and you could create income from that. And also take a look at what you doing now and see if you could transfer that into remote work or a remote business that you can do for yourself. Right. I think sometimes we overlook the current skills that we already have and think we have to learn so many other things when you have that in yourself and you've already done it, you know. And another thing that I have found super interesting, you know, a decade ago, two, 20 years ago, being an artist was considered like you're going to be starving. You're not going to be able to do this sustainably. You're going to be on the street. You know, we're all age here. I told my parents I wanted to be an artist and they're like, are you kidding me? You're going to be on the street. You're going to be poor and you're going to be asking people for money. So don't even think about it. And I find it so interesting that now it's a whole turnaround because remote work, most people are super creative and it's the creative people who have really thrived in this environment, right? Because you have writers, you have graphic designers, you have content creators creators like who really bloomed in this type of industry so if you are thinking that as an artist you can't make money right now this is the best time to be an artist because it is this is our time right now and obviously there's other factors to it as well but yeah make sure that you have all those things and and you're going to be fine
2: It's funny because I think creativity is only like, this is just the beginning of what I think is to come. One of my daughters, actually all three of my kids are very creative, but one of them is super creative. And I just have this feeling that she's going to be the one that's really going to thrive in the world that lies ahead of us. Because as we all know, AI is continuing to kind of take over our life in so many different ways. But the one thing that I think AI is going to have trouble with is thinking outside of the box and getting creative. AI is very logic-based, right? And so when you can bring come to the table with an idea, right? Like, I don't know if you guys have watched that cartoon called Crudes. Anyway, my kids and I were just watching that this weekend, but one of the characters in there, he's like, I need, I need an idea. And he just like, you know, and he could, and that's like the stuff that I think AI is going to have trouble with. And that's where like creativity is really going to start to play a big role in success. I think down the road, not only today, but I love that you brought that up because I think that that's so important.
0: I th- I'm sure there are listeners out there who are like, "Oh, well, I have any feels?" or a, I'm not a creative. I can't. I want this lifestyle, but how do I get from where I am to there? And so you laid out some great advice. I think that like starting with what you're naturally curious about and interested in going from there. Do you have any examples of people you've talked to maybe on your podcast stories where people started out and they had maybe a very traditional job or like yourself as a therapist, right? And they were able to find a side hustle that they loved and able to eventually get away and create this location independent lifestyle?
1: Absolutely. Pretty much every single person that I interviewed has that story. It's, it's kind of rare for me to interview someone who's like, I took my nine to five, and then it became remote. Now it's, you know, it's probably more plausible that way. But I mean, just looking at my story, right? I was a Um, a therapist. I was a therapist and that was what I was doing for a living. And I started podcasting. I had no idea how to podcast. I'm like one of the least technical person you'll ever meet. And I created income from that. And then from that, it spawned me to create my website. And now I'm creating income from that. And then I got writing jobs from that. And then people paid me for, you know, so it just everything that you do, as long as you do it with Passion, because I think this is another thing that I want to emphasize. I've started three businesses before this one, right? And none of them really took off is because of two things. One, I was either not passionate and was just about the money, or two, I was too passionate and I didn't make it into a business. So having the balance between the two is really needed, right? Because if you're just passionate about something and you're not worried about making it into a business, it's just going to be a hobby. And if you're just thinking about money, you're not going to last because once things hits the roof and things are not going well, you're going to give up. And I think people, especially in the beginning, and I've made this mistake, so I'm not just saying, oh, everyone's doing this. I freaking made this three times. I made these (laughs) mistakes three times. (laughs) Is that you either have need to have one or the other. But I think it's such a good combination to have both of them. And I'm the living proof of that. So just really finding something that's a balance of both and then sticking to it and being persistent is really the key to all of this, right? Because even if you don't have a lot of information, you're not an expert yet, you, couldn't be, you can become one if you're passionate about it and you make it into a business.
0: Such good advice. Now I wanted to ask, okay, so you mentioned it like it's no, ain't no thing. I just started a podcast and then I just quit my job a year later. It was just, it it's just natural. So I'm sure there are people who are listening who are like, oh my gosh, that sounds so hard. A podcast, where do I, even? like when we launched our podcast, even though we had been in business a few years at that point, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. There's so many pieces. We got to get the scheduler and the, and the people well, and the guest put it off the, too. Like, yeah. yes, we did. Could we had right? all
2: these walls, and we were like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, there's no way we're not yeah. going to do it. It's going to take too long. It's too much work, and all those things." Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us a bit about that first, maybe about the mindset piece, and then also about the practical piece. Like, if you were to start a side hustle like this, how do you? Where do you even go? Do you talk to people you know? Do you buy a course and you go through that? Do you join Facebook groups? Like, how did you get your start in all of this?
1: So I can tell you when I started started this a little a little over 3 years ago I went on Facebook group I went on like they have in person events I did all of that right? And what was really interesting to me during that time, even now is podcasting is still the wild, wild west of, you know, content creation and platforms, because not many people actually create income from this platform or know how to do it. And the people they say that make it are in like the top point zero one percent, like the Joe Rogans, and you need millions of downloads to be able to make this sustainable. And so that's what I was hearing. But I didn't listen to that. I'm a very stubborn person. And I usually don't listen to naysayers. And that's always been who I was. And luckily, what happened was I was interviewing entrepreneurs like you both who were making a lot of income from platforms, not podcasting, but like in their blogs or in their businesses. And they actually gave me ideas on how I can transfer that into my podcast. So when I started listening to those people who were actually making money instead of the people who weren't making money and telling me I couldn't make money. That's when it shifted And within six months, I started creating income. And also, I do have to say, yes, it sounds like, oh, my gosh, you did this so fast. Like, oh, you were able to leave your job. But remember, again, I'm going to reiterate this. I have made so many mistakes and failures with three other businesses that I took that with me into this one that, yes, it sounds and it seems really fast, but it wasn't. It was years and years of struggle to get to this point where I was literally like, happy one day depressed the next and I call entrepreneurship like we have bipolar right one day you're really happy because you have a big win and then the next week you're miserable because something happens but we're also I say you know at least for me I'm a masochist because I like the up and downs like I like solving problems (laughs) like that's just how I am and I like to prove myself that I can do something so if you want to start podcasting you need to first, again, with every business, there has to be a balance of both. You have to think about this being your passion, because you have to understand that if you're going to do this like long longevity, you're going to be talking about the same thing every single time. And if you're not interested or passionate about that topic, again, it's not going to go very well for you, even if you are making money, right? And if you're just thinking about, your passion, then again, it's just going to be a hobby. So really understanding those both things. And yes, you can do this on your own. I did it on my own. It took me a while to really understand this. But I think it all shifted was when I really had mentors, right? Because you can learn everything yourself. It takes a long time to do it. But once you have people who actually know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, then everything shifts. And it's like things that you think are so simple, but you wouldn't have thought of. So I think that was a huge difference for me.
2: That's so funny. We were just on a podcast yesterday talking about this very topic. And we were talking about the importance of mentorship early on and continuing to be mentored too. Annie and I have many mentors that we continue to work with on a weekly basis and monthly basis too. But we certainly wouldn't be where we are had we not had the help behind them. You can be as passionate as you want and be as business minded as you want to be or are able to be. But sometimes you just need those little bits of information that sometimes, like you said, can be so simple and that's what we help our clients with that we coach as well but it's uh, mentorship is is so key I think along the way I've been in this business for over four years now and you know I've been mentored every step of the way from from day one all the way till today in fact now I have four mentors and before I only had one so you know I really <laughs> believe in the power of that so tell us a little bit about your podcast and or your blog to monetize that because I think that that's something that seems so elusive to, to me and probably other people out there It's like, Yeah, that sounds like it would be great. Like I'm just gonna write all day and money's gonna roll in people are gonna come money's gonna roll in. So how did you tell us about how you got your first sponsor? Tell us about how you continue to get new sponsorships. And what does that look
1: like? Like, how does that even work? Absolutely. So for me, when I got my first sponsor, I didn't even know you could make money from podcasting. So it was a surprise to me when I got emails and they were like, hey, are you accepting sponsors for your podcast? And then I was like, what? I could make You're like, money I don't know. Am I? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's when I actually spoke to the mentor that I have. And he and his wife are one of the biggest travel bloggers in the United States. And I was like, is this a thing? He was like, yes, it's a thing. What are you doing? You have to do something about this. And then what that's when it all started for me. And the reason why that actually happened is because we got featured the podcast got featured in a pretty big publication, and they found us there. And that's how it happened. And from that publication, we were featured in more publications, and we just got bigger and bigger. And we were really considered one of the top uh, podcasts in that niche. And also the fact that we are a very niche podcast, like we're very specific, you know, we talk to to remote entrepreneurs and we have a very good niche that we just really formed And from that, that's really how we attracted the brands and sponsors that we were able to work with. And just really showing up and persistency and being there like in the last three over three years that we've done this, we haven't missed a single episode, a single week. We don't do seasons. We're there every single week when sponsors see that they're like okay you have longevity you've been doing this for a while you show up every time and also we have a blog that goes along with it so not only do we have a platform that's in our podcast but we also have a website that goes along with it that has thousands and thousands and thousands of readers that really gave us that authority in our niche in our field so that's what happened and that's how we actually kept having our Sponsorships is just because we just created an authority in our niche. And that's how it happened. In terms of brand sponsorships, it's just being creative, right? Because there's a lot of people that will come to you, give you free stuff. In the beginning, that's fine. Um, But negotiating and not following, I don't follow the industry standard in podcasting. You know, they tell you to follow that. I don't. (laughs) Again, I'm pretty rogue in terms of that. And that's really how we actually created income, more income that most podcasts podcasters would make right from the beginning, because I just created these systems for myself that was really an orthodox and wasn't like what everyone else was doing. And it worked really well, you know, I just tried different things. And then it worked for us.
0: So tell us for people who may not be familiar with working with sponsors, what does a a sponsor get out of being a, a podcast sponsor? Why would a company want to sponsor a podcast or a blog in the first place? What are they getting out of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for sponsors, I mean, with us, when we work with sponsors, we never guarantee anything, right? Because I can't guarantee you things, but we can guarantee that you are going to be listened to by your ideal clients right? And because again, we have such a specific niche, I know who my listeners are. And that's really what attracts them to our show is because those are the people that they want to get in front of. And that's what they're going to get. And they're going to have brand authority um, from our, um, our listeners from that. So that's what they get, they tap into those people. um, And then it's not just a podcast, because again, we have our website, we have our social media, and we have thousands of people who are who are there as well. So it's just really brand exposure for them that turns into warm leads and warm clients for them. Because again, podcasting is not like regular ads where all of a sudden you're going to get people to buy. I mean, that could happen, right? But it's really more about warming those people up and allowing them to really know your brand and getting them to trust you know you and like you so that they can buy from you.
2: Yeah. And I think with sponsorships too, there's usually like an alignment of interests, usually between the listeners and what your intent is. And so it's kind of like just tapping into somebody else's network. And that's similar, not always, sometimes exactly the same, but it's kind of similar, but like a little bit different. And it allows them to leverage uh, the audience that you've created so that they can tap into that, even if it's an industry that's a little bit of an offshoot from what you do. So I know you mentioned something about that you got featured in a publication and that that's where. The sponsorship came from the initial email came from. How did you get featured in that publication?
1: Was there something special that you did? Or did you just happen to get picked up by them as well? Yeah, so it was interesting, because the writer actually knew about my podcast, right? They were a listener to a show. And it just happened that I started like we just started talking. I think we were friends on social media. They were a listener, they were a listener. And then one day they were like, listen, I'm gonna write a feature about podcasting and I'm gonna feature you in it. And mm. that's really how it started. It was that connection and them really enjoying the podcast. And that's how it all started. And in terms of the Other companies, the other publications, it was because they found us through other features that we had, or they were already listeners. So once you get featured once, right, Mm -hmm. there's a huge chance, especially if that publication is big. And, you know, SEO, if people know this, like if they're a big enough company, they're going to be in that top search on Google of like the best travel podcast, right? And we're featured in a lot of those top travel podcasts that you'll see on the first page of Google. So whenever those writers write, they'll start researching and then they'll see us featured in a lot of those different publications. And then they're like, well, they're good so we're going to add them into to our list as well. So that's just really how it snowballed from there and how we got into all of those publications. I'm
2: curious with all of this that's been going on with COVID, how have you been handling it
1: without being able
2: to travel? Cuz it's been hard for me. I'm a traveler I've been traveling since I don't even know, my mom used to work for the airlines and we traveled ever since I was a little girl and travel has become so much a part of who I am. Um, And so it's been really hard uh, for me not to be able to plan. It's even just the planning part of it that sometimes it's not even the act of actually going on an adventure. It's just the planning part of it and having something to look forward to. And so that for me has been so hard. How has that been for you?
1: For me, honestly, it was a really nice break because I was (laughs) I was traveling a lot for work like just before COVID happened. I actually had just gotten back from a work trip. And then a week before that, I was you know, on the road. So I don't like, you know what it is? It's kind of ironic that I wanted to leave my nine to five to be able to do this and to be able to travel. And now Uh when you have, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side, right? And because I was able to fulfill those, needs that I had with traveling, especially with working, it became really different because Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be really fun. And it was and it's really fun. And I'm not complaining. This is a beautiful thing that we're able to do in this type of industry. Um, But at the same time, it's also work. And I wasn't really Mm -hmm. traveling for leisure anymore. It was from work. I had obligations to do and it was different. So in a lot of ways, I kind (laughs) of like the fact that I was able to stay home, have like I'm grounded. I'm able to do the work that I couldn't do when I was traveling a lot. So Mm -hmm. it was nice. I mean, I'm itching now because it's been like almost a year over a year, but I'm still trying like I'm appreciating the moments where I could just stay home and be on my couch all day like working and you know, doing that. (laughs) (laughs) When we can travel again, where is the first place you want to go? Oh my goodness, I don't... Okay, so my fiancé and I are actually eloping this year. We were supposed to elope last year. So that's Uh what we're doing. It's just going to be us two. But yeah, that's the first thing that we're going to (laughs) do. Oh, fun, fun. Okay.
2: Last question before we move on to the impact round. So for anyone out there who's like, this all sounds so interesting to me. I want to learn more about it. I want to learn how to start a podcast or I want to learn how to start a blog. Where? What are some resources? Are there some Facebook groups, some websites that you might like, what are some things that you used initially when you first started to get into the business to get you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started a second business because I got asked this question all the time. (laughs) And it came from this because we just had a lot of listeners ask us. So Mm -hmm. I have a website called howtocreateapodcast.com very easy where we have a lot of free resources and the content that we created there are from the questions that we actually got (laughs) from our listeners. So I'm pretty sure it'll answer your questions. We have a ton of articles there that will help you. And we have a ton of them over there, even how to really find your gears, all of that stuff. And you can definitely start this on your own. If you are ready, if you have a podcast right now and you're ready to take it from hobby to a profitable, business, we actually do a more professional workshop where we dive deeper into that and make this into a profitable business. So we have that as well, you can go to how to create a slash apply. And you can apply for that program to see if you actually will be able uh, to be a good fit for our program as well
2: that's so okay. cool I'm surprised, that URL... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised that URL was available you'd think how to create a podcast that that would have been swooped up like a long time ago that's so cool I all know. Right, everyone
1: let's... says that to us they were like how did you get that <laughs> and uh-huh. like that's SEO magic I'm like I know it's awesome
2: <laughs> yeah that's so cool yeah no we're definitely gonna have to check that one out Annie after after the show we'll first stop all right let's move on to the impact round we're gonna ask you a couple of questions around investing in yourself and others and the world. So the first question is, what is one way that your investments are allowing you to live
1: a better life? Absolutely. So the best investment that I ever did was to invest in a mentor and a coach, a business coach. I can't. Okay, I can't tell you. I already said I started three businesses. Right. And I finally was like, this is enough. Something's not right. And once I did that investment, then it shifted everything. And within um, a month and a half, I made, you know, you know, over 10 grand from from the business. So it was really the catalyst of everything. And it changed my life and made this so much more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so
2: glad you brought that up. Because I feel like sometimes people look at mentorships as as spending. And I know Annie feels like that. And Mm -hmm. I did too. And you know, when I first did my first mentorship, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is this is crazy. Like, this isn't school, like, why should I have to pay this much? And that mentorship has paid me, thousands of times over, you know, from that first investment and, and every mentor that I get, you know, after that one that we have now, like I said, we have four, I, we certainly would not be able to do things at the level. I feel like the level that we're able to play at, I feel like is like 10 X because we have people guiding us every step of the way and helping us and understanding, you know, where the, where the pitfalls are and, and what things to think about as we move along. So I'm just glad you brought that out. Cause you know, other people out there who might be thinking about getting a mentor. You have to understand, you know, like Debbie said, this is an investment in yourself. And when you invest in yourself, it's something that nobody else can take away from you. And so when you have that, it's something you'll always be able to use moving forward. And it will definitely, definitely 10x your business assuming that you find the right one that meets your, you know, your needs. So awesome. I love that. Okay, second question is investing in others. So what is one life hack or investment strategy or something that you might be able to share with the audience that will help them catapult their journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So investing in others, right? In terms of can you explain that to me a little bit more?
2: Yeah, so just like sharing one hack or something like, you know, we look at it as like, if you share, a hack or you share something that other people might be able to use that we're kind of giving back and investing in other people. So what's something you might be able to share with the audience that'll help them, you know, move the needle in terms of maybe achieving what you're doing or finding financial
1: freedom or any of those things? Absolutely. So in terms of that, delegating and paying other people to do mundane tasks have been a life savior to for me, because especially in the beginning of podcasting, I was trying to do everything on my own, I was in my nine to five. Mm -hmm. And it literally took a toll on myself, my personal life, my personal health, my relationships. And once I invested in other people to do the tasks that I honestly didn't need to even do, because it was just so trivial, right? It was things that anyone can really do, then it completely changed my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much because, you know, really the thing that we should all be
2: focusing on is what is your superpower, right? Everybody has a superpower, something that they're really, really, really good at. And it makes the most sense in when you're thinking about growing a business to really focus on the thing that you're really good at and anything else that you're not really good at should be delegated out and handed off to somebody else so that they can do that. And so that you can really use, leverage yourself and leverage the skill sets that you bring to the table to really scale and grow. I love that. We were just talking about this as well on the podcast yesterday. And it's such an important point for Annie and I, it was so hard for me in the beginning to delegate work. I wanted to do it all. I wanted to hoard all the work. And the minute that we hired somebody, we watched our business 10X. So I think that's you know such a good point. So anybody out there who's looking at starting a business, take Debbie's advice and uh, hire a VA and get some help. All right. Last question is investing in the world. So what is one thing that you're doing to make the world a better place?
1: Absolutely. So one of the things that we actually do, not only with our podcast is is we're really helping people transition to a life that they don't want into like their dream life, right? So that's it definitely changed my life. This podcast that I have, and I tell people this all the time, it absolutely switched my life around and without it, like, I'd still be having panic attacks every four months. And I wanted to give that back to other people as well, because I knew what it was like to be in that position. So that was our whole mission and my mission, right from the beginning, is to help as many people as we can. And then we started how to create a podcast.com because no one really knew. And still, even now, not many people know how to make their podcast work, right? And it's really incredible. And This platform, again, this has been a life changer for me that, again, that's the same thing that I want to give to the world is to be able to use this platform in a really meaningful way, but also get something back from it, because at the end of the day, it has to be a win win. You know, you give something back and you get something back as well. And that's really something that I've been really excited and super proud of to, to have are these two businesses that were able to accomplish that.
0: It's almost like you've become a therapist, but on a much grander scale. It's like <laughs> now you're helping people all over the world and sharing all these stories. And more than that, you're—it's not just about inspiring people, but you're helping them to put it into practice. So you're like a practical therapist. I love it. It's like you've taken your mission and just expanded it and helped so many people. And so, Debbie, for all of our listeners out there who may want to follow up and learn more about you, what's the best place? that they can go
1: absolutely so if you want to listen to the podcast you could go to the offbeatlife.com you can find the podcast you can listen to it there you can also find a ton of free resources to help you find an online job or start an online business and if you want to start a podcast you can go to how to create again we have a ton of free resources there but if you want to turn your podcast from a hobby into a profitable business you can go to how to create slash apply that's where where you're going to find our workshop that you can see if it's right. And we can see if you're right for that community as
0: well. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to have all of those links in the show notes. Debbie Arcangelus, remote entrepreneur, host of the Offbeat Life podcast and creator of howtocreatapodcast.com. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Debbie. Thank you so much, Annie and Julie. This was so much fun. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families, and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb.